This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Edge. Uh, you guys are watching Explain Yourself. My name is Joey Galvez, and this is my pal, Benjamin Morris. Ben, how are you today? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, before we get into the show, we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, about some comic books that are in uh, pre-order right now. We wanted to make sure that you guys are grabbing yourself. This one is Greylock. You guys can head on over to your favorite LCS. This is the January, the, the code for, uh, I believe that is previews, which uh, is JAN241939. And you guys can grab this one. This is in shops March 13th, 2024. The Greylock issue three from our pal of the show, Eli Shockey. So make sure you guys are doing that today. And uh, we'll be talking to you guys a little bit more about archetypes but you guys can check out archetypes at uh geekcollective.net slash archetypes and we'll get to you guys right back into the show we're going to be talking to carissa grant here about her really awesome stuff here right after this intro ben play that intro please How's it going? We're happy to have you here. Ah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Fantastic. I, I can't even remember what I, I was on before, and I can't remember what issue it was. <laughs> well, you got that, one through eight, so there's a there's a lot yeah. of issues it could have been. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. In in one year's time, we got seven out, and and uh, our one year was uh, October. So, in uh, fourteen months, we got eight out. Actually, I have two other ones that are side. Um, a prequel issue one and a spinoff issue one. So technically I had nine out, but I don't have those. 
Fantastic. That's a lot, a lot more than I put out in a year. So, <laughs> but before you continue bragging about how many more comics you've gotten done in me, I'm feeling a little bad about them. Um, tell us a little bit about Redemption, um, just the the series itself, and then the current issue. Uh, so the series itself, uh, last year was book one. Um, and for anyone to know, the genre is like everything. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Supernatural and Silent Hill and the Resident Evil world with Good Omens, The Crow, Evil Dead, all thrown in. Um, it follows Angel Descendant, uh, Seraphina and Demon Descendant Draven as they travel through, um, they are soulmates they live in each life but they never have a memory so something specific happened last time which changed this life um and because of that uh the angelic weapon that she was created out of um is now out of her and the, their fathers an angel and demon are after her because if they can get their hands on the angelic weapon it can tip the scales of the war between heaven and hell in their favor the problem is it requires seraphina's soul to activate it which means she will never be reincarnated ever again or have an afterlife um, so she's not particularly thrilled about that. Um, so issues one through seven was took place in like a silent hill kind of town, the town merged with hell and they kind of tried to survive against zombies and, uh, ghosts and vampires and hellhounds and all that stuff. Um, issue eight, uh, is chapter one of book two. And now they're in a haunted asylum that is taken over by ghosts um which is also overrun with zombie mental patients and giant salamanders um so it's five issues long for this book and um, it's pretty much them trying to survive and get out of this uh asylum very cool so kind of like a survival horror you mentioned resident evil in your description I, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. it brings to mind for me yeah um, that's that's exactly well it's inspired from resident evil 2 and uh book three which is going to be you know obviously right after which is 10 issues long um that's pretty much resident evil 2 as they 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 get out of this and go into a zombie infested city where they try to get out so yeah it's very inspired by survival horror um which is my favorite so if i can ever get a game one day that that would be it so. <laughs> <laughs> very cool so you've been this obviously is a series you've been working on for a long time or for a year or so but um has a lot of issues already done uh are you working with a lot of different artists or you have the same team on each book same team on each well uh so one through seven was my artist uh jonas de casta who did everything the, the poor bastard um he did uh, uh pencil ink color lettering everything um so i thought i'd give him a break um and uh now i have a color a new colorist uh matt chambers uh who does amazing work that makes it look very hd and we have a letterer uh sk who's absolutely phenomenal he puts so much emotion behind the words and and the balloons and everything he's he's really amazing uh so it really leveled up the comic and uh my artist is thrilled um <laughs> he did not like doing either one of those it was a lot more work for him and uh I thought he was fast before and now he's even more fast. So he pretty much pencils and inks an issue uh, per month and they're generally 28 to 40 pages. So they are not, uh, wow. they're not small yeah. issues. I think in the seven and the eight issues we've had, the shortest was 24, which is issue five. The rest have all been 28 to 35 issue seven and issue five um, issue seven and 12 are both uh, 40 pages. Eight is 32 and the rest, I think I accomplished 28. 28 is my goal, and it barely ever works out. Um, but um, the the series is, uh, it's still being written. Um, but 
currently there's over 100 issues written for the series. Um, 45 is this series. So if it wasn't popular or, you know, I felt like it was time to, to end it or whatever, I would end it at 45. And then series two is another 45 already written. So I can always end it there. And then three, we just started. We're one book in. Um, and then series four is a war between uh, everybody. Um, hi to everybody. Just popped all in. <laughs> but yeah, it's a long series. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you've got a pretty big story mapped out here. Uh, yeah. And, it's, and there's a prequel too, where they lived in a past lives. You can see what caused this to happen and, and uh, how their guardian angel was tricked and, and screwed them over, how their fathers met and started a war and, and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of lore to it. There's a lot of background to it. Um, it's uh, obviously got a lot of passion behind it. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, um, the story was, I wrote the story and uh, I write for almost all the characters except for Draven. Draven uh, is written by my co-writer, Jess, who writes all of the thoughts and uh, speech for Draven. So when you're reading it, it gives the two characters completely different personalities. So you get to wow. experience. Okay. Yeah. You can tell they're different. <laughs> but I've never heard of anyone doing that. Um, well, what happened was, is we wrote this <coughs> as role players. So uh, okay. in, in three years time, we wrote the hundred issues. Um, we surpassed 1 million words in the story, like, I don't know, six months ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it was not intended to be a comic book or anything for that matter. We just kind of went off the rails with the story. Uh, and then I was like, ah, oh, who wants to waste this great story? So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And if your artist is able to work that fast, I'm certainly not able to draw. Oh, stuff we're that already fast. halfway through no. issue 12. So wow. we are always wow. so far ahead. Um, and just since this is on the screen, this cover is by Jeremy Rampack, who worked um, for DC, Marvel, IDW, Blizzard, Capcom, the interior artist for Injustice. But the reason why I hired him and spent all that money was because he did the interior art for Resident Evil, the comic book. Okay. Um, so I had to have him draw something just like my next comic, right. um, issue nine is the artist for the interiors for Buffy's comic, Carl Moline. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have Kevin Sharp, the artist for, um, army of darkness comic and he does issue 11. So I'm still trying to find supernatural. Um, I found one, but, uh, he keeps saying he's busy. I'm like, I have a hundred issues. Just put me on some damn list. Um, <laughs> but, uh. But yeah, and I tried Silent Hill and I never got heard back. Uh, I wanted Terry Jones to do it and never heard back from him. Either. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. There, but um, Yeah, this is, uh, and it's colored by uh, Dave Kemp, 
who worked on Spider-Man and uh, Spawn mm-hmm. and all that cool stuff. I was going to say, the colors on this, uh, both the drawing and the colors on this cover are just really top-notch. It's, and, uh, uh, yeah. It's very, <laughs> just a lot of impact. It's really, it doesn't look dated, but it's got that like image comics in the 90s energy or sort of early 2000s, um, which is really cool. And I've, I've had to draw Egyptian characters, like stuff like that for another comic I did uh, 10, 15 years ago. It's really hard. I, at least I found it to be the case to get all those. They're kind of weird monsters. They're yeah. <laughs> like, they're tough to get right, and uh, this looks awesome. So I was I was very enamored. I of, uh, I was so impressed by this. Uh, it was expensive, and I I panicked because to be honest with you, um, I I looked up all the artists for Resident Evil, and there was like three names, and it doesn't tell you who does what. So I was like, please be the one that I really wanted. Uh, they're all good, but like one of them has a blockier style. That's obviously it, it's amazing, but it's not wasn't the type I wanted. And mm-hmm. and uh, I I just I had to pay this guy first and be like, well, here's my money. Um, but it turned out so amazing that I actually had him do the cover for the ha- next hardcover too. Um, and he cool. put so much detail in it and so much like action to it. Like the next one's even more. I mean, it has uh, Draven and Serafina fighting the zombies with the um. Uh, the hellhound and Anubis fighting the giant salamanders. And then in the sky in front of the uh, asylum is the angel and demon in the sky fighting with swords. So it was a lot. He's like, I think it's too busy. And I was like, no, it is awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, CC De La Cruz is coloring them for the, uh, for the hardcover from Lady Death Universe. So oh, um, yeah, I think I've heard that. that name before. Yeah, she, she did the cover. I don't know if hold on. I've, I've got my character Legos here, so hold on. Um, but um, she, they, they did the. Oh shoot! There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Trying to make you solo. I was like, I, fine, I don't see it. Um, <laughs> but our hard, our hardcover one through seven, uh, Ken Hunt from DC, Batman, Superman, all that. They and CC De La Cruz colored and drew the um, front and back of our hardcover. And those are this is my most popular cover. Um, or was I don't know. Jeremy's catching up. Um, but so this was our cover and they, they did an amazing job on that. Um, and since you have me up, this is the metal of the cover that you're looking oh, at. Nice. Yeah, they just showed up. So I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it looks really good. I'm really excited, uh, about it, but I, I charge more for it cause it cost me like five times more than any of my other covers. So I didn't think they would sell that much. Um, and they're selling more. This is the first time that, you know, usually people just buy, you know, the general cover for 10 bucks and just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nope. They all want this. cover. So well, it's a great cover, not to knock yeah. the other ones at all, but um, yeah. it, is, yeah. it is a nice looking cover. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit. Um, and Joey might have some stuff to ask you about this too, but you've got, you've obviously put a lot of thought into the types of rewards you're offering. You've got, um, some plushies you've got a lot of different covers you've got the metal covers um take us through kind of what you what made you decide to do those things and if you've done them before kind of what response you've seen from that um so the reason why i have so much merch um and i've been asked this since day one um i wanted it and selling it to you makes it tax deductible <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that is why this all is i get one of everything so i am thrilled um but uh, plushies were it's it was it was like a last minute thing. I was at a con in this um, you know uh, down home textiles. Uh, she was there with her amazing plushies, and I was like, "Do you ever do commissions?" And she's like, "No, I've never done a commission, but I can." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's let's work on that." And and uh, I've just become obsessed. And she's done probably fifteen so far. 
Um, one of the ones I'm holding is uh, the Hellhound Croc, who uh, is very popular. Um, he's adorable, very soft. He has a broken horn, um, but uh, he's one of my favorite. And uh, he sold out last time. This time, it's we have a new one. We have a couple of new ones, actually. But I don't know if you could see his little hairs. So he's oh, got these yeah. little hairs and stick out. Yeah, because yeah, they were in. That's what my artist did. He thought to torture everyone and put little hairs in the zombies. So, um, so the thing about our little zombie here, he's in a straight jacket, um, which you know he tore it apart, so it's fringed on the end. Um, but it is a working straight jacket. These these work. Uh, I don't suggest taking them on and off, but the, you can take his shirt off. The little um, buckles work. But the reason why they're pre-ordered is because you can embroider any number you want in the back. Um, this is my birthday. And um, what, what I've been telling people is they could put their birthday on there or they could put the birthday of somebody that drives them crazy. Um, so that is their own zombie uh, patient. Um, and then this is also a pre-order. This is um, our first commercially released one. Um, they have been ordered, but they have not shipped yet. They're probably shipping this week. Um, but, uh, it's very detailed. You can see the claws and, and the bands on the hand and everything. I mean, he just, he looks perfect to the, you know, his picture and he's got embroidered eyes and, and all that stuff. Um, so I'm curious to, to know what kind of, um, return on investment you're, you're having with these, these different things. Cause I see looking through the campaign, you have quite a bit of, of swag, which is great for like, you know, if you're at a trade show and, and you have things on the table. Um, and you have to actually have them on hand. So how do you, how, how is that, how you're doing it? That, that's just, you're sustaining this by having it all on hand. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like to have um, anything available. I try to have nothing available that I don't have in hand. Um, now the pre-orders are, I make sure everyone realizes these are pre-orders. And the only reason why I put them up was because everyone wanted them. Um, normally I just buy three. I buy one for me, one for my co-writer and I sell one. <laughs> so um, I don't usually have a ton on hand. And then if they sell out, like he's sold out. I usually have two per uh, issue because he sells out. He's my skeleton bird. He's from issue three, but people love him. And um, so, yeah, he's been selling out. So I got three more. I mean, two more on there. Um, and and, and the turnaround for when you, when you put an order in to get these made. Uh, it really depends if she has shows or not. Um, generally she can get me to the, she can get in. Well, this is a huge order because I ordered. <laughs> so funny story. I was supposed <laughs> to have two of these available. My mother who, who doesn't like horror, doesn't read the comic, thought it was the cutest thing. And she ordered one. So now I only have one available. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, she loved it. And, and the, uh, straight jacket is, um, hand dyed, uh, stained, um, uh, by, by her. Uh, but this time was my biggest order. I had two of these, three of these, which are huge. He's got a funky tail, um, but he's huge. I think I got three of these and these aren't available yet, but I'll show off anyway. For issue 10, we introduce our vampire chameleon bats. Uh, he's chatty. Uh, he has a wire in his tail and and in the uh, in his bat wings. So how many, how many of these do you, do you sell during each campaign? Usually, um, I sell out most of them. Um, uh, usually people buy them and, um, I don't know, this one, uh, went up so quick. Uh, so I don't know. I, I know, uh, everyone's getting the pre-order ones this time, um, because they're so cool. So, um, but, uh, we'll see. 
the one that this one person usually gets pl uh, plushies. Um, she hasn't come up yet, but uh, everyone loves the pre-order for ten. The pre-order for Chatty, you can pick your own two colors too. So there's that. Um, so I've never done pre-orders for the. Are you finding more success with the pre-order? Yeah, like we, I've sold a bunch already. Um, there, you can do for for um, Anubis. You can do just a tier with no comic because. I'm on a lot of Anubis sites and they just they just want the the plushie. So there's tiers available that a couple have ordered and they're also as an add-on. Um, so people can uh, yeah. get the add-on too. Um, then the zombie is also a tier with the comic or you can get it as an add-on. Um, and these guys don't go in the add-ons, but if there's something somebody wants, I'll make a tier for them. Like mm -hmm. I think last campaign, someone wanted... One of the tier, uh, tiers had a T-shirt and two plushies she wanted, so I just put them all together for her, and she just, you know, bought it in the, as an add-on. So it worked out really well. Um, but yeah, they sell really well. Uh, and if they don't, I just I only have one left because I only buy one for them. Um, I do like the plushie idea, but I uh, the pre-order, but I don't like to make people wait. It actually kind mm -hmm. of bothers me. Like when I when my campaigns end, generally, I ship out the day of or the day after. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm hoping I could do that this time. The tricky part is they raise their price a lot. Comic Well Springs, like mm -hmm. I normally would pay $4.50 mm -hmm. issue and now it's $6.50. So if I get expedited, oh. which is what I used to get. So what I had to do was I had to get more issues because you get a price break and I couldn't do expedited, which means I, I ordered them two weeks ago and I'm, I'm hoping they'll be here on time and, and we'll see. Um, but I had to order, um, I ordered nine different issues. I ordered, uh, issue eight, nine and 10 and three covers of each. Um, so for the next campaigns, I'll already have them on hand, but, uh, this one will, I'm hoping we'll have them on hand. We'll, we'll see. So I hate making people wait cause I'm impatient. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to do, I don't know how these, uh, I'm in a, a lot of creator groups and they're just like, I don't know how you get them out on like so fast. I was like, I don't know how you wait so long. I get like, I get anxiety not having them sent out. So it drives me crazy. So, yeah. eBay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, led headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There you go. Plus, I also yeah. have a campaign every other month, so if I don't get it out soon, they won't be able to read it before the next one comes out. So there's that, too. There's that, yeah. I mean, that's I've found it really depends. It sounds like you've got a really good system with Comics Wellspring. Um, and you also have so many books. I, somebody was telling me on one of our creator discords that if you um it doesn't have to be the same book that you're printing which i would have thought you need to be okay i've got issue eight this cover if i have 200 of those that gets me the price break but yeah. they've actually been telling me that if you have this book another book another book even if you bundle several books together mm -hmm. they'll give you the price break at some point however yeah. many books you're printing whether they're different or not um which yeah, i don't know to hear, why but they it's do it really but it's, it's a lifesaver yeah it like, doesn't make sense. Yeah. either. And the weird thing is you got to be careful because it's like 251 and you get the discount. 
Yeah. So there's like always one mm. after, like it's seven, it's 501 or 701. So it's always oh, okay. the one extra. So it, you, you wouldn't think so, but um, someone told me that and I was like, well, snap, it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, we've been talking about a couple of creators. We were thinking like, well, let's like, if we can work it out, print all our books in one order yep. and see if we can work out that price break to uh, yeah make it a little easier. Cause their, their, their prices I know went up this year. Uh, I'm probably thinking that's going to be, something you see at most printers domestically uh, as well. So yeah, but I wish they had warned us and I think it's an error and I wrote to them and they said they have to look into it. Cause the CEO, whoever wasn't there, but their trading cards went <laughs> um, uh, 25 of them for 10 bucks to 25 mm -hmm. for 25. And I wrote oh, to wow. them and I said, is that the real price? Because no offense, but um, I get, that's a dollar each. I get metal cards for a dollar 44. So um, I, I don't know why you think that I would buy yours for a dollar. So, uh, I, I didn't buy any, usually I buy trading cards because they're really good for, um, stretch goals and, and people love them. People are, people are crazy over mm -hmm. cards. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not, I'd, I'd rather sell them the, the, the metal cards sell really well. Um, really? and so I, yeah, I've been, I've been, we might, we might have to, we might have to connect with you to get, yeah. uh, get that person's, uh, cause that those metal cards, that's a really great price. So yeah. I, we, we have, a, we have, I have a, uh, a print partner that's out here in Arizona and, um, and they have some really great prices and, and things of that nature, but, um, it's, it's, I have to talk with them and see what kind of deals they got going on now because it's yeah. been some, quite some time since they changed their, their prices. I'm sorry. What was that? Is that fairy? I know this fairy metal. I I, no, I don't. No, no. Oh, because well, they I've heard amazing things for them, and this is going to sound really petty. I don't like to have to talk to somebody or connect with somebody <laughs> to get a price. I just want to order it. Um, so the two companies that I use, I just have to order it. I I, I heard fairy uh, metals amazing. I just yeah, you have to email them and ask for pricing, and I'm not doing that. That's yeah. like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm like the laziest hard work you'll find. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well I, I we i personally know this person and, and i just message them over facebook and send them the files <laughs> so i'm just like yeah here's my files this this month man they're like all right <laughs> we'll, have it, we'll have it done this time I'm like cool so nice <clears throat> but um well that's yeah, the it, best it, thing you can have is if you have somebody you can talk to because that's the problem i've had with printers is like <laughs> they're just not gonna like I was going back and forth on trying to get my type centered in my cover, which is not a mm -hmm. big on a, on a hardback. So it's a little more complicated, but they were like, yeah, that's really hard to do. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a, this is not a fringe request. This is a pretty normal thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you have somebody, you know, you can talk to and say, Hey, just let me know how to do this. You know, that's, yeah. I think the best yeah. thing to have. I, I have to say um, now I'll be totally honest with you. Um, Comic well Springs screws up a lot. They really do. <laughs> But they have always fixed it and they always get right back to you. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I went through a huge ideal with them when I first started that everything got screwed up and everything. And I still stick with them because they're just, I like the quality, they're fast, um, and they get back to me. Um, the hardcover uh, was a new printer. Um, and I, I did not know what to expect because I had to buy 500. 500. Yeah. Um, but um, I really wanted a hardcover, and that was the only way I could afford it was uh, to get so many. So, um, I, I, I mean, I got yelled at twice in the last week for selling them too cheap. I was like, that's the first. Um, so how, how are you? How, so you, uh, do you have a lot of black backstock because you're, you're, you're printing all these, all those uh, books? 
And are you are you? I mean, obviously, are you're not are you getting five hundred people purchasing these things through Kickstarter? Um, no, not yet. Um, it you know I just started, so it's gonna take a while. But uh, I think I sold about a hundred already. Um, so um, that was pretty impressive for me. <laughs> I was happy with that. I didn't expect uh, people to buy the hardcover because everyone has, you know, but it, it actually worked out really well because people are buying, you know, them, they're buying actually a lot this mm -hmm. issue too, um, because they can get one through seven uh, for yeah. 40 bucks and then issue eight for 10 and then you're, you're done. You know, you got all, they're all done. You guys are getting yeah. them as soon as you order them because they're all, yeah. all right there ready to go. Yes. <laughs> they're all like, oh, man, they're, they're, they're not taking as much room as I thought. I mean, I thought I was going to need like, a warehouse, you know, but, um, I have one, two, three, four. So I have about six boxes left and it takes up two whole shelves back there. So it's not, it's not the worst, but yeah. one day that shelf's going to fall. I don't know how it's holding all those, but, um, <laughs> you hear a loud crash, then it did not, it did not last, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the idea of having a hardcover. Um, I'm going to have a few extra, it turns out from Scarlet Twilight, but it was, it was a real ordeal just going back and forth because the printer I was working with didn't have a spec uh, sheet set up for that that you mm -hmm. could follow, and which makes sense because you know your spine width is going to be different mm -hmm. uh, depending on your page count. And that was a real learning curve for me um, just to to get the file set up for them because usually I, they should they should at least let you know okay how many pages and then they they have an idea of what it what it's mm -hmm. going to be you know they know. That, that, yeah. you know everything, everything's i mean come on everything's only divisible by four right or right yeah. so it's like <laughs> like it's not that bad that that hard to, to understand um, if i they think how experience well shows you the math of yeah, it right yeah mm -hmm. but it's not, yeah it was it's like, also not that difficult to figure out okay uh what is what it was a hundred something page uh okay that's gonna be about you know you, yeah. you, my printer actually that i was worried about the spine uh, my printer actually just did it. They're just like send in a file and we'll we'll change the measurements for you, um, which was great. But I told I told my um, artist that no matter what happens on this planet, he has to make sure he saves the spine so that they all match and I don't get killed. Um, because I've always heard how bad it is. The spine oh yeah, doesn't people hate that. People oh hate yeah, that. yeah. Every every I'd say once a month I see somebody posting a picture on Twitter of like their Marvel whatever collection they've got all the daredevils from number one and then like there's that one halfway through it they switch designs for <laughs> no reason at all yeah and, uh, i'm not switching yeah. design i'm just i'm hoping that i mean that because the book five is only uh book book two is only five issues so it's a little bit thinner um mm -hmm. so hopefully that doesn't screw up the measurements and then if, book three is 10 issues <laughs> and then four through five are i think 12 through 15 so there's you know I think it would be fun to do something with the spine, like like in it, like if everything's, uh, you know, um, uh, the the bo the box set will have was, one big picture. Yeah. If it was thicker, right? It would. If the yeah. spines were a little bit thicker, you have a little bit more real estate to do something on there. So I think that would. Right? Yeah, I'm hoping, rather than um, doing like a 48 page and then like having all those spines trying to trying to fit all those little tiny spines. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, well, this is two. This my hardcover. This one's two hundred and twenty-two pages, and the second book is one hundred and sixty plus twenty pages of extra, and then book three is gonna be whatever the hell ten freaking um, <laughs> how ten freaking uh, issues are gonna be. Um, but I'm hoping when I release, uh, if if I get to the point where I can release a box set, there's two things I want to do. I don't know if the spine's possible, but I kind of want, I want the pictures 
I want a picture that all the spines line up and you can have it be a picture. But I also want the covers to create one big picture when you put them next to each other. Yeah. Um, so those are the things I want to do a box set. And if it becomes popular enough that I can, I want to go back and recolor and re-letter the entire book one for the box set. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, we'll see how that turns How You know, it depends really how how if how my readers are how many i've got you know because obviously that's gonna be like four grand <laughs> to do that. so uh we'll see how that works out but i really would like to get that done um but i'm not gonna do it till book five because i'm hoping that everyone sticks around for those but i i don't know i mean my my uh artist uh says that he'll do it as long as he's breathing so um he loves the story he gets withdrawals i told him to take a couple weeks off for christmas and he's like i can't go along without drawing this and i was like all right well <laughs> So here we are. He went away for a month and he like, you know, my husband said, don't bother him the whole time. Leave him alone. I was like, all right, fine. And so I didn't, I didn't message him at all. Then two weeks in, he messages me. He goes, I really miss drawing the story. And I was like, have fun. He's like, I'm counting the days. And then like every five days, it's almost time. And then he gets back and he's like, I forgot there's a wedding and I got to wait four more days. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, no. So and we were having withdrawals, not getting pages. So it was, you know, it wasn't easy for us either. It's like a drug. You know, yeah. I love I love getting paid. He doesn't work on the weekends. Everyone made me ruin. They ruin weekends for me because I got to wait till like Monday to get new pages. And I was like, come on. <laughs> really? But yeah. Well, yeah, when you create these characters, especially and you said you kind of developed this with a friend in a like a, a game context kind of mm-hmm. role. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, when you've lived with these characters for a long time, it's it is you do get it makes it kind of hard to write the story in some cases because you just know more than than your you're assuming the reader doesn't have to do a lot of exposition. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't write it. The characters do. I have no idea what's going on. Everyone's like, what's your writing process? I was like, I sit down and then whatever gets typed, it gets typed. <laughs> so it, sometimes it's 2,000 words. Sometimes it's 6,000. So it really depends on um, however I, I write that much that day. But generally, um, I have no idea what I'm going to write. I have a generalized direction that barely ever goes that way. Um, but no one knows what I'm going to write. So I write it, send it to my co-writer. My co-writer writes Draven's point of view of it. And uh, I move on to the next chapter. So, so um, it's a really interesting so what is, tell us, tell us what is your process from, from, from concept to shelf. So generally, um, so we jump around a lot. Um, when we did book one, we jumped, like we had like three different scenarios and three different issues and three different books. Like I would get an idea and I was like, Oh, I want to do this now. And then we'd have to write that out now. Um, and then we, we, the fun part is trying to connect them without destroying anything. Um, and then we're, we're kind of doing it now for series two, but since I started, I already wrote the first book for series three, my co-writer is catching up. So I think we're down to one more chapter she has to write before we're completely done with uh, series two. Um, so pretty much I get a generalized idea. I ask my co-writer, uh, you know, if they like it or, you know, their thoughts on it. And then we kind of hash it out. Do we need changing? What do you want to do? Cause while I'm writing, I'm technically controlling Draven, but I can't talk or speak for him or thought, you know, anything for him. So what I do is my character will write, um, talk to him. And then I don't have any idea what Draven's going to say until I get the chapter back. And then when I'm doing comics, I can counter it more. Like I can put them together and be like, oh, my character would say this back to that because we don't go always back and forth. Hmm. Um, so generally we write chapters and then I convert them to scripts, um, which is pretty easy to convert. Um, but you just have to go through and get all the dialogue out first so you can put them together and, 
and go like that. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much that's it. <laughs> um, generally, I'll tell you, most of my ideas come from dreams. I'll wake up and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I'll go write it. Um, and uh, I used to I, write. I, I do that too. I, I, I literally just, I just reach over, grab my phone and put it up. Put it, start yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> like I've gotten up at like, so I only get like four to four hours of sleep. Five is a good extra time. But um, so generally I'll wake up around. It, it sucks when it's one thirty, but usually I could sleep till three thirty. I go to bed at 10. I, I wake up at three 30. Um, and that's when that I'm sitting there because I don't want to get out of bed. So I'm sitting there for three hours and then I'm thinking about the story and, and developing the ideas. And then as soon as I get my lazy butt up, I go and write it. Um, but yeah, most of the time it's from a dream or something. And sometimes I'll write, I always tell this story. So there was one time in book five that I was writing this scene and I had no idea where it was going more so than usual. Like usually I don't know, but this was like, I was writing and I was like, this makes no sense. Like I'm not, I don't know what I'm writing. I got to start over. And then my inner voice is like, no, 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 just keep writing. You'll get there. I was like, this makes no sense. Like I was like 2000 words in, I was like, I'm starting over and like, no, 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 don't start over. Just keep writing. So I wrote in, it wound up being one of the coolest scenes I wrote. And I sent it to my corridor and my corridor is like, where the hell did that come from? I was like, I don't know. And, and you know, she's like, I can't wait to see what happens. Like me neither. Like I have no idea what was going to happen. Um, so that was the one time that I actually like fought with the character in my head to be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Um, but usually it's not that complicated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't, I really don't have a process. I sit down and write. So the no outlines, no nothing. Well, so it's kind of almost like an improv sort of process yeah. with you and your, the other person you write with. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I've never had, um, you know, I've never had to really think much fortunately or have a block or anything, but um Sometimes I'll get a thought that I, I just didn't, I th especially for book two or um, series two, I had no idea what the ending for issue or book five was going to be. And then I woke up and I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I got up and I wrote 10,000 words and it was awesome. And I'm biased, but it was awesome. And then I didn't know how book, uh, the next book was going to start. So literally the next night I woke up, I was like, oh, that's the perfect way to start it. And now I just finished that book, uh, book one of series three. Um, so yeah, I have, I, I have, I know the lore, I know the, like what's going to happen generally, like, um, for series three, they're searching for the gems to activate the weapon that they got destroyed during something. Um, book four is the war between, um, um, Hecate and Hades and the Greek gods that team up with the Egyptian gods, um, that team up with my characters against both demons and angels. From so I know that. That's all I know that series mm -hmm. four is going to be. I have no idea what else is going to happen or how they connect. And when I won't know until I start writing. So, well, see, that would, I think, get a lot of problems I have and other writers I've talked to have is in the, and it's kind of been the same process I use as what I've heard from other people in, in the planning stages. Is you generally have like an idea for a character, you have a couple scenes at the beginning, you have an idea for what the ending ought to be, and maybe a scene in the middle. So, you've got like maybe I don't know, a third of your scenes mapped out in pretty good detail and a good idea about the characters. And then the the real part that I found to be a pain and, and some of my other friends have said this as well is like to get to connect those dots in a good way doesn't always work out. And you're almost kind of trying to fit sometimes a square peg in a round hole with like, oh, I really wanted this scene like this in the middle, but then I need him to get to here. Uh, and it, and to do all that and to maintain your kind of narrative flow how you want it to is kind of tough. And I think if you're the way it sounds like you're doing it, where you're just going 
one thing after another would probably like, you know, you, you have a, a big picture destination, but you probably would let, be able to sidestep a few of those things where it's like, yeah, this is cool and this is cool, but I don't know how I'm going to get this guy from here to here in a way that makes sense to do the next scene in the way I want it. And I think that's a little more of an honest way to write things. I think I've read um, interviews with Alan Moore where he kind of says the characters take over a little bit and kind of drive the story in that way, um, which seems like it might, uh, seems like it's working out for you. It's certainly worked out for, uh, for Alan Moore, if that's truly how he does it. But um, yeah, I just, that's, that I think would let you get around some of the biggest problems I run into uh, mapping out a story. It's just like, I, I'm kind of, going a little bit ahead of what I should be and then trying to work my way back and, and make it all make sense. Uh, that's a good point. Um, camera Zots is, uh, yeah, you got to surprise yourself when you're writing to surprise the audience. That's definitely true. Well, um, it's nice I because I, I, I don't know what my character, what Draven's going to say or what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of like that. I, I always look forward to getting that back to see what he's thinking during that time or, or what he says back to her because he's very sarcastic. So um, I do like that. I'm always surprised by what I get back. You think by now I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm, I'm always surprised. Well, it's weird. You know, when I reading about like how writer's rooms for TV work, it sounds like in a lot of ways, that's how the process works. Like they'll have somebody that just does this character's dialogue. That's not unusual there. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing it um, like you're doing it in comics. I'm sure somebody does somewhere, but um, <laughs> it does. I mean, it does make sense to do it that way. I think that's a good, uh, a good workflow set up like this you know the unique personalities like my character she's like me she talks non-stop and barely thinks and then you have draven who barely talks and thinks like all the time like he'll have like paragraphs he'll go a whole issue without thinking at all in like a couple of lines and then at the very end he'll have like paragraphs of thought process as he's trying to you know map out these feelings that he's having uh especially in in book five and and all that he's just you just non-stop thinking um so we do have a lot of thought bubbles my my letterer tried to do boxes i was like no that's too impersonal you have to do thought balloons um so we do have the retro thought oh, balloons but i'm a big fan of those yeah I, we should too. never gotten rid of those that was a huge mistake yeah <laughs> one, per, only one person complained. they're like that's so that's so retro and i was like have you not seen our art style we're like an 80s 90s style that's yeah. just how it is so we we liked it i read comics in the 90s i read you know um ghost rider and, and batman and all that so um i i love the 80s and 90s and of course um my artist um just happens to draw on that style which we we both really and we have been very complimented on the style so well you know when stephen king started writing um they did a gunslinger adaptation in marvel i think it started in the early 2000s and jay lee was drawing it uh it was pretty cool and he actually wanted instead of just putting his name on it, he wanted to sit down and write the comics and marvel was like yeah awesome we, we'd love for that to happen um, and so he turned in his first draft and they were thought balloons. Just, he was writing a comic book, uh, to his yeah. credit. And they're like, ah, dude, we don't really do that anymore. It's kind of retro. And he's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That was a great tool. Why in God's name would you ever throw that away? <laughs> well, that's one of the best parts that I liked, uh, about novels is I want to get in the character's head. Sometimes I watch the movie mm -hmm. and I'm like, what were they thinking? And then I'll go get the, you know, the uh, novel, the novel version so that I can see what the character was thinking at that point. So, Ours is kind of a movie comic novel because I've been told only by one person, but everyone seems to like the panels. Now, I don't write the panels. I I, mm -hmm. I write three to five panels and my my artist turns it into like 20. So he does whatever he does. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been told by like a, a reviewer, 
was like, you know, you can have less panels. Like, first of all, I'm not the one that has to draw it. So if my artist doesn't mind drawing it, I don't know why you care. Uh, and he's like, well, you can have less. And I was like, he likes to show every action. He goes, well, it's not a movie. And I was like, well, it's kind of a movie comic novel. So just enjoy it. Um, I, well, I like the way he does the panels a lot. So. As an artist, I, I mean, I, I'm a little worried when I turn the page in the script and I see that I've got to draw, you know, 10 panels, eight panels, <laughs> nine panels, something like that. But yeah. it's not always um, true that, you know, the more panels, it, it really depends on how, I mean, everything depends on how much your writer is willing to think this out visually and, and make it make sense. That's what the trouble comes in is when they don't do that. But I like to add more panels just because if I have a panel description that's really complicated, has a lot going on, there's not a lot I can do to make that dynamic. Um, Cause I've got it like, especially when it's like, well, this person's doing this and the background's that this person's doing that this expression is on their face and like every new point of interest you add, you're really narrowing down the camera angles that you can pick. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it, in, it makes it hard to make things look cool. So that's, I'll, I'm very happy to like split something like that up into two or three smaller panels. Cause it doesn't take a lot of time to, to get those ideas across. If I can take three fourths of the things that's in a big panel description, put it in one big panel that I actually can make look cool, get those other ideas across in a previous panel or a smaller inset panel, I'd always rather do that um, yeah. if a writer's cool with it. I usually ask before I do it, but that makes my life a lot easier. It's not necessarily true that the panel count is is going to be, be really difficult um, or to add to it. Sometimes that makes it easier, um, depending on what you're being asked to do. Yeah, I so... <laughs> Funny story. When we first started, um, I butt heads with my artist, not to say anything negative about him because he's amazing. It was mostly me. I didn't understand his process. I was used to giving my script to an artist and he just follows the number of panels. Like if there's four panels, there's four panels, there's eight panels, there's eight panels. So I would give him like I was I was doing like six to eight panels and he would come out with like 12 panels. And then the ones I wanted was too small. And I was like, you're you're doing too much. So we fought about it for like half the first issue we worked with. And I was I was complaining about it nonstop. My husband's like, you got to find somebody else. I was like, no, he's the artist. He's the one I wanted. It took <laughs> months to find him and thousands of dollars. He's the one. So I finally realized that I had to compromise and lower the panel count. So. Mm -hmm. I went from six to eight to generally now four to five. And then if he needs more, he adds more. And if he doesn't need to add more, he doesn't add more. And it just, it kind of works out great for us because he gets the freedom of doing whatever he wants. Um, mm -hmm. And he does a really good job. So once we, or once I figured out that um, it was smooth sailing from there. So uh, it was a lot easier. He enjoyed it more and um, it, it just worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at his pages here and it's, it, it, this doesn't look to me like he's skimping out. And I, I see a lot of comics, like sometimes in the big two, where it's like you can really tell the artist was like, for whatever reason, whether it be time or because they wanted a cooler page to sell, is like really cutting down the panels, making one panel big and dramatic, and maybe cutting out some of the story logistics. But looking at this, this is a pretty complicated series of images to, to convey. Mm -hmm. and uh, And, you know, I think he's doing a good job of that as far as just basic storytelling chops so yeah i always i'm i'm always going to advocate for letting artists uh you know do what what they feel like they need to do um to get the story across as long as they're getting all the information onto the page um the more flexible you let artists be i think you're gonna have better results yeah yeah definitely worked out better <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that could impress you about the all-new honda prologue ev 
True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Yeah, um, very cool. That's, yeah, I, and in fact, I saw a post from Patrick Zercher who does, I think he does like heavy metal now, but he used to do Superman and some Marvel saying like writers really should just only give us four panels per page and maybe we'll throw more in. I thought I'd like to live in that world. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, (laughs) that's what I do. Four to five. Yeah. yeah. just, uh, and sometimes there is just four, but there's never, because when I, well, the first artist I worked with, when I said four panels, they would just do four, you know, same size panels. Um, And then if he has four, he does, you know, different sizes and different, whatever Mm -hmm. the, so he he definitely levels up whatever the hell I write. So, um, and it's and this was his first paid job, you know, first uh, paid comic job, and he used to do portraits. Um, and I didn't like his style. I said he asked me if he could submit a page uh, for you know for free or whatever, and I was like, I don't like your style, but uh, if you want to do one for free because all of his stuff is realistic. It was he did realistic mm-hmm. portraits of dogs and people, and I was like, I I don't want realistic. And he came back with in 24 hours with a uh, uh, pencil inked, a colored and um, lettered uh, page with five panels. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. I was like, you're hard. So it worked out great. Uh, and that was like the best thing that ever happened. So uh, I really am lucky to have him. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm getting so far ahead in my issues because, well, two reasons. One, he quit his job to do my comic. So yeah. I have that sense of, uh, I have to keep going because I'm, you know, paying him. Um, but then I have the other side of it, whereas eventually he's going to be more popular and he's going to take longer than a month to do it. And I mean, if he takes four months, I got to make sure that I have four months worth, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep going until he finishes the whole damn 200 issues by that time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I've, I've, I sent my proposal to publishers in the beginning and they wouldn't even read it. They said, um, you have, I think at that point it was. Well, before I, I lowered the panels, it was a little less, but I, I think I told them I had 35 issues per series for the, I just told them I have 35 for the series and they said they won't even yeah. read the proposal because it's too long. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. hear that. They don't yeah. They don't, they no more than three. I was like, screw you. Um, and he's like, no, what you're never going to get, you're never going to get them all done. And I was like, well, we'll see. So I, I said, I'll do it myself. So we'll see how far I get. Good. Well, that's in fact, I was just talking to somebody today on our discord, like, we're not talking they were writing it um <laughs> you know they were saying like the uh they, they most a lot of creators starting out now that really especially if you have a story to tell that's unique that's not exactly what somebody's looking for right now it's like why would you not go to kickstarter first and maybe publish later on if you once you're done if somebody wants to do it and i think that's the way to go for a creator that's just coming into the like i didn't have any name when i started this my, my books um didn't have any i had a couple published credits but nothing Nothing of note. And I think I don't know why anybody would do anything different than uh, what you're doing. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't even read it. Um, I mean, they were a little snotty about it. Actually, I kind of told them off slightly. He said um, only 65% of the people read two and even less than that read three. And then I said, well, then you have the wrong story. <laughs> I was like, if people aren't even getting the issue for it, there's something wrong with your story. Um, so uh, hopefully people keep on a read 
you know want to keep reading our story they do i i, I do have uh pretty loyal readers they they really do um like to follow along with the you know characters they fall in love with the characters and they want to follow them to go on i'm also really mean i end everything in a cliffhanger so that might help too so yeah <laughs> absolutely it looks like so all the thing you've got like so many different things that are add-ons you've got these 3d models you're printing out you've got um, tons of those. You've got your plushies that we talked about. You've got some medallions, things like that. And and that, the, are those things that like, kind of like help you keep going with the story and subsidize that a little bit? Um, yeah, I think it helps, um, you know, because my readers definitely spend more. I mean, on average, people usually spend about 40 per, you know, pledge or whatever. Um, I did something new this time where I had it... Um, if they spend more than 50, they get this, uh, this wooden, um, if you can see it, this wooden, um, necklace oh, wow. and cord. Um, where are you getting this now? <laughs> you got all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I only have 50 of these, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I have, um, if you spend over a hundred, you get that and you get this painted coin, which the picture does not do justice, of course. Um, but it's very shiny and it's got two sides. You couldn't even see that, but yeah, Anubis is on both sides. So these are really unique. I don't have a lot of these, so it's as supplies last. Um, but yeah, I just, I love, I love finding, I mean, this is, I haven't put these up for sale yet. I have probably what you see is about 60% of what I actually have. So I have mm -hmm. tons more that I just, I haven't gotten to. Uh, I have um, new clay statues coming to, um, I sold out a bunch of those. Um, we have the, the little Lego figures here. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I'm going to um, ask about that too. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't added the uh, the character ones. Anubis is on there. I'm trying to think of where are my little characters are. But um, there he is. Oh, here he is. Yeah, and oh, um, yeah. So he he has his own staff, his own little axe. Um, most of the axes face the other way. I don't know why this one faces the wrong way. So this one's mine. Um, but then I have these guys, which is uh, the guardian angel. Here is a little top hat. Uh, and then Serafina and Draven. And they have their own little weapons. See the swords and the, mm -hmm. the dagger. And then we have uh, another set where they have... I don't know if you could see him because I was stupid. I did him on black. But he's got the Anubis Croc shirt. And um, she's got the logo on her shirt. So um, I haven't put those up yet. <laughs> do you have somebody... I know I've seen some places do... And it gets pretty high. I think like 50, 60, 70 bucks a figure, but it's basically somebody that does custom paints on pre-existing figures, but also does some really nice packaging for them of so, like characters. And there'll be like two or three per campaign. Is that kind of how you're getting those in like those, that necklace, that, that sort of situation? Um, I buy pretty doing? much these things like wholesale because um, <laughs> that makes it a lot cheaper. Um, uh, the figures, I just, I saw uh, a thing called mini figures and you can just customize it. And I was just doing it for myself. And I was like, well, you get a deal if you do like more. So that's how I went up at all my stuff. It's a deal if you do more. So um, gonna, we're going to have to take down some notes and some. Uh, and yeah, some no, we're we, we want names on all these suppliers. Uh, yeah, because we're going to because we're going to be working with all these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love finding different. Um, what's, what's 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 awesome about this is is because uh, what Ben and I are trying to do with the Geek Collective is we're trying to create this this uh, this creative solutions uh, agency, right? Or, or or this business where what we do is we help 
creators, you know, <laughs> create from from concept to shelf and put everything out there, right? It's and like, things of this nature, this, we, we need people and and suppliers that have uh, that we can actually, you know, give people as resources and maybe like a resource list. Hey, check this out. People have had success with these things in in the past with this company and things of that nature right because that's what what it's about that's which is the reason why i called it the geek collective right because we're all together trying to do the same kind of thing and work towards the same kind of goals put our 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 works out into the world and we want to do it in any way possible right so a lot of a lot of, a lot of different ways we do we partner with different things like that and like just like um a band we we partner with uh gemini mailer mailing supply so that we can give you guys a 10% off code, right? So if you guys go to GeminiMailingSupply.com and you guys get 10% off at checkout because we are an official official partner, right? We're trying to give them, get the, them to give us uh, 15 more percent to give you guys. Uh, so, so um, make sure you guys are checking that out and doing that because this can save you guys some good, some money. We are huge advocates. I know Ben is a huge advocate of using Gemini mailers. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when you get there and uh, make sure you put in the code Geek Collective Ten. We'll get you that um, get you that discount. And we know people um, like Joey used to have a few times. People end up um, <laughs> if you get a lot of these and save a couple hundred bucks um, in some cases. So uh, it's absolutely worth doing. And uh, like I always say, it takes way too long to draw these things to send them out in a uh, in a bubble mailer or something. So <laughs> make sure you hit Gemini Comic Supplies and uh, use that Geek Collective Ten code. Carissa, do you use a, a, a Gemini or any kind of supplies uh, mailing supply? I I have like? them, but I don't I don't really use them because um, I have a ton of merch. Mm-hmm. So um, they go in a little bit bigger boxes. Uh, yeah, um, I generally use. They actually are more expensive than Gemini, but they yeah. do help because they keep their shape. Um, <coughs> but I use these. Uh, I'm gonna start using the Gemini for just the ones that mm-hmm. are um, like Single. one issue, but not yeah. a lot of people buy just one issue, so yeah. uh, it's a little bit trickier. Um, yeah. I do like that I can make these ahead of time um, mm-hmm. until I screw it up and I make them too big or too small, and I was like, "Damn it!" Um, so yeah, uh, like the, the easiest one was the when I I did the um, the hardcover protect, protect, protecting your 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 the goods that goes out right. You want the, these people to because you take care of these things. You, you oh, care yeah, all mine get gift wrapped before they go out. So, which oh, is funny because I actually I never gift wrap Christmas presents, so I don't even know how that started. <laughs> um, but I oh I remember. So I was I was putting tissue paper in there uh, to I was just putting them in there, and I didn't mm-hmm. feel secure enough, even though they were bagged and 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 yeah. cardboard. Uh, so I had to put tissue paper around and then it was like it didn't look nice so i had to gift wrap it with tissue paper and it just became a whole thing so uh i'll regret it if i ever get up to 500 backers but right now it's a lot simpler so (laughs) so uh with along with all these these great things that that uh we offer we we um we do want to make sure that you guys know a little bit about what we do um so right now we want to talk a little bit about what we do what we have going on because right now we have a um we have a kickstarter that is a pre-launch ben's got one as well he's got a zoop a zoop campaign and pre-launch as well but right now we're going to talk a little bit about archetypes which is a uh a geek culture magazine and what's cool about it is it's going to have three uh new uh three uh never before seen comics from some really great talent we got uh, a spin-off series from uh, um a little I, th- I think it's gonna be a sample of one of the series from ben's stories um and then we're gonna have 
some work from people from Grandma Chainsaw and our buddy who's in the chat, Kamazot's Comics. He's got a, a story in here called Mother Wolf and Cubs. So you guys are going to make sure you're going to want to check that out. We're going to have some marketing tools, um, some tips about uh, tips that were that you guys can actually use and implement into campaigns of talking about um, press kits. Uh, we also have a writer who goes on TikTok or on, on Twitter and every single day they do they put out their writing tips for themselves and like daily affirmations and stuff. And they, so they put them out there on Twitter. And I found that they were actually really helping me and things of that nature. So I asked them to write a whole article about about writing tips and the things that they've learned through that process of of putting out daily affirmations about writing and, and writing tips tips and things that they learned that day. So we're going to have that uh, in the magazine and we're also going to have a handful of other really great stuff. We're going to have some uh, people talking about some tabletop gaming stuff. Um, it's it's going to be a really fun thing. We're going to interview Oneshi Press and we're going to talk to them. We're going to ask them to explain themselves and let us know what's going on in 2024. <laughs> so, um, make sure you guys are checking that out. You guys head on over to geekcollective.net slash archetypes, and that's going to go uh, for pre-order campaign in mid-February. So that one's in. This is the gorgeous-looking cover here. This is a cord co cover by uh, Omar Perez, which was done for uh, our friend Kamazox Comics, who is uh, Rafael Flores Jr. from Mother Wolf and Cubs. They, they were uh, awesome enough to allow us to use this as the cover for our magazine. Um and then we were able to go ahead and, and dress this really nice. And um, that's a really gorgeous looking uh, uh, logo there from uh, Ben. So, uh, but really, really cool stuff. We're going to be doing this really, th this really cool thing. We're going to be running that in February. We're hoping that this is going to be a really awesome uh, resource and tool for the creators <coughs> out there. What we're hoping to do is we're going to, we're going to showcase something in the springtime uh, that for items that are going to be coming out in the in the in the sum, summer and fall, so you have something tangible to read and look through and and have a little bit of a of a preview before you get to back something like that later on the year or the year in the year coming. So, and we're hoping to do this once per year, and then maybe if we can sustain this thing, we can do it uh, uh, quarterly, and then help you guys out, and we we will always be looking for people to uh, showcase their stuff in in the magazine. That's cool. um, so what we're going to do, we're going to try to really we're, we're going to try to if everybody can hit their deadlines, we're going to get this thing printed before we even go to launch so that when we do launch uh, the uh, the crowd, the, the 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 funding goes to paying the contributors and and to distribute the, the books and the and the and the items that go with it so make sure you guys are following that you head on over to geekcollective.net slash archetypes and this should be a really good thing for some creators out there and 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 they're just a fun thing all around so check that out ben tell us a little bit about your uh your campaign that's gonna be dropping so uh my my next campaign is a sequel to we are scarlet twilight it's called we are scarlet twilight cobalt crisis it's basically if you had uh taken secret wars or uh, Crisis and Into the Earth, but it was created in the 1940s in the style of Golden Age comics. Uh, this is the comic you get. So it, can it picks up the story that was in Scarlet Twilight 1 through 4, um, really expands the universe. You're going to see a lot more characters. Um, you're going to see the villains from Scarlet Twilight um, that, that we kind of led into um, come back in a big way. So uh, it's going to be really epic. It's going to be exciting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great surprises. If you're a fan of old Golden Age comics, you may see some familiar characters. And I uh, just couldn't be more excited to start this one up this year. So I think, I think I see our friend there, Ace Falcon, right? 
Ace Falcon is yeah, he's right there, um, right in the the right side of the page. There, actually, the first First picture I drew of him. Very cool. That's very cool. And Ace Falcon is going to show up in archetypes. So, uh, if you guys get a little bit of a taste, uh, you guys can uh, see read a little bit about Ace Falcon and his story um, in this this and in archetypes before you check this one out. So, make sure you guys are checking both of them out. And hopefully, and we'll probably be doing some. cross campaign promotions and things of that nature. So um, depending on, on uh, how they overlap and when they overlap, we'll, we'll do run some really cool stuff where you guys can probably get some really cool extra stuff. If you back both Um, we're going to be doing, running some stuff with a lot of really cool creators. Uh, We have our friends that are, that are uh, doing grandma chainsaw. They have a book called at Horace and hell. They're going to be dropping here in the same month. So we're probably going to be doing some cross campaign promotions with them as well. So there's a lot of really fun stuff that you guys can do this coming month with these two books. Um, And uh, so make sure you guys are checking them out. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Head over to those pages, get in the pre-launch and, uh, we should have lots more to share in the uh, next couple months as we as we get closer to campaigns. Yep, uh, that's all I got, Ben. Can you let everyone know where they can find you? They can find me on Twitter at Benjamin W. Morse. Um, Instagram, same handle, and uh, and then of course every week here on YouTube for Explain Yourself. Yeah, and you can find me at Joey Galvez nineteen eighty four everywhere. And uh, please, Chris, again, you let everybody know, and make sure you guys are following all of us on Kickstarter. So. Um, so make sure you just type in all your names. I'm sure that should pop up. Chris, please uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, so the easiest way to find me is to search Worthy Chaos on every platform. Um, for Kickstarter, search Worthy Chaos with the only thing that pops up, though there's nine of us because there's no, <laughs> I've got a lot of campaigns. Um, but And there's already a pre-launch for issue nine, which has like 25. I haven't even told anybody. It already has 25 people on there. But um and you, I'm on Facebook, Cursor Grant. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Worthy Chaos, with about 700 members and uh, podcasters, commissioners, Kickstarters. Everyone can post their own stuff in there. Uh, everyone gets super nervous doing it. And I get asked all the time, can I really post my Kickstarter? Yes, really post your Kickstarter or whatever you want. Um, and then I'm on Twitter um, at uh, Worthy underscore Chaos. And uh, yeah, I'm just everywhere Worthy Chaos is. Wherever this chaos, I am there. <laughs> That's a good now. I want to make sure you guys know too that that Geek Collective does sponsor a Facebook group called Indie Comics Probo. So and you guys are welcome to go over there and and uh we have almost two hundred followers now. But uh, you guys are welcome to throw in all your good stuff. There's only a few handful of rules that you should check it out and make sure you read through those. And and but you guys are more than welcome to to add things in there at will. Um, read and and check that out as well. Um, it's a really cool um resource to use to to push your stuff as well. Um, I don't think I've got anything else, guys. You guys got anything else? Uh, ben? That is all for me. I think we are good for this week, and we will see everybody next week here on Explain Yourself. Bye, everybody. Bye.